If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Hello once again, welcome to Vacation Rental Success, another episode. This is episode number 54, and Christmas is fast approaching. I get very excited about Christmas and and I quite, you know, I really enjoy it. I, I have my own home to decorate and I get to decorate both my cottages as well. Uh, and it's, it's, it's quite interesting because I've, I've heard from some owners, a question I've had from owners about um, whether they should decorate their properties in the sort of traditional fashion for Christmas because you just don't know what your guests preferences are on the festivities. Do they want decoration? Do they not want decoration? Is it a particular type of decoration? You know, my my view is, and, and this is one that I've held for a long time, is that the property is going to be decorated traditionally in the fashion that, that I always have done for our family Christmases. But when we get a a festive or a Christmas booking, I will always tell the incoming guests that the property has been dressed for for Christmas in that fashion. And I will I will ask them if they wish us to remove the decorations. And you know, in 10 years, that has never, ever happened. I really don't know what denomination, what um, uh, religious leanings, if any, our guests have. But I just find with that one simple question, you know, this is the way we have done it. Would you like us to remove the decorations for your stay? I think 100% of people have come back and said, no, that's very nice. Thank you very much. Leave it exactly the way it is. I don't go over the top. We have a Christmas tree. We always leave some wrapped gifts for the guests under the tree. You know, it's very British to have the Christmas crackers. And I have, you know, put some of those in the tree. And uh, that's the way that I do it. And it seems to work really, really well. So uh, so that's my task when uh, for, for, for the next couple of days is to get my my cottages all decked and dressed for Christmas. And of course, the outside lights, because I think so. Mo- most of my guests arrive after dark. So we always would leave the outside lights on and uh, make it look welcoming. But of course, at Christmas, it's so nice to have, you know, the little decorated trees on either side of the door with the lights on and it's all usually we have snow on the ground when our guests arrive and it just looks gorgeous when they drive up the driveway and there's the, the twinkling lights and, uh, and the trees. We still leave DVDs of Christmas music so that they can uh, just select the music if they want to do that. Uh, what else do we do? Oh gosh, I bought when I was down in the US in October, we went to Costco and, and I bought a ton of these, well, a ton, um, six or eight bags of lint chocolates, you know, the beautiful Christmas ones with the you know, lovely blue and gold wrappers. And so the plan is, is that for each set of guests over Christmas, I can put some bowls out of these lovely lint chocolates. However, I've eaten two of them already. And that's, that's really dangerous. I only have four of these bags left. So they are going to go into a locked cupboard and I'll make sure my husband has the key and I can't get hold of it. People have said, 
said that they they just love that little touch. You know, it 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 doesn't cost a huge amount. I think the bags of chocolates were six bucks each, and and I probably use half a bag for each each guest visit. Just putting some of these out in little bowls around. Uh, around the cottages. They love it. All the uh, festive uh, bakeware is there in each place, uh, roasting tins, just the same way as, I, as, as I'd put out for, for Thanksgiving is for Christmas, but with the, the slightly more festive Christmas-like um, table dressings, everything is there if they wish to use it. So, uh, so yeah, as you can tell, I'm getting somewhat festive here. Which is which is a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of fun too is beginning to think about marketing for 2015. When I say beginning to think about it, we've been doing that since September. In fact, a lot of our properties through the agency are already fully booked for next summer. Or oh, many many of our properties don't come online. They don't open up until May, and we may not get new properties on until the spring when the snow has gone. So we're starting to think now about some creative marketing strategies that we can have fully in place for the time when the bulk of our rental guests begin looking for their vacation, which is in fact in um, in January, February and March um, in, up in this part of the world. For our strategy this year, we are going to use a lot more video, not necessarily to focus on the properties, but to focus on the activities. And you can actually go to my website at uh, CL rm.ca and check out the winter promo video that we that we have and you can check out my very poor attempts at cross-country skiing on a lake which I did uh, a year or so ago and did that little video but it was very short very very um, simply done it, it didn't take a lot of editing to put that together so that's something that you can do um, so easily and as I spoke to or talked to Amy Bloomquist uh, last week, she and I have both been doing this creative live course with Lou Bortone, and and I've learned a huge amount from that about video. So video is going to be major in our marketing strategy this year, and that really brings me on to today's guest. Um, today's guest is Adam Norco. Adam is the uh, sales and marketing director at Point Central, which is a home automation company. So Point Central sells the, the kind of automated devices that allow you to manage your locks, the heating in your property, the lighting remotely. This is mainly focused on agencies, you know, agencies that have a number of properties where they can um, manage changing the changing lock codes and that sort of thing from a distance, and and do it from one central spot. But I'm going to be talking to uh, to Adam about uh, you know how this could work for individual owners as well. But that's not the real focus of the interview, which is on marketing. Adam's been immersed in the vacation rental industry for many years and worked for five years for Seaside Vacations in the Outer Banks as their marketing director. So he lived, ate and breathed vacation rentals for, for that time. And he has a wealth of knowledge that he's going to share with us today. So onwards and upwards, let's uh, move on to the interview with Adam. Well, I'm delighted to have with me today Adam Norco of Point Central and formerly of Seaside Vacations in the Outer Banks. Adam, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Heather. It's a pleasure to be here. 
are, are you actually down in the Outer Banks? Is that where you're, um, you are located? I am, yes. I, I live in uh, Kill Devil Hills on the Outer Banks. I've been here for, I think, about eight years or so and uh, really don't see myself leaving, but who knows what it'll, where the, what the future will hold. But uh, definitely am enjoying the Outer Banks and, and call it home without a doubt. Well, you've been immersed in the vacation rental business for, for many, many years. Can you just give us a little bit of, of your background, how you actually got into it? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I've got a, a relatively varied background. Um, I've jumped around from a number of different jobs from the bar industry to starting uh, my own fitness center to going to law school for a short period of time. And then I uh, ended up doing some real estate investing. I grew up outside of Boston I graduated from UMass, so I had sort of some local ties up there, and that's where my real estate investing started. When things started to get a little shaky in the real estate industry, saw the writing on the wall and wanted to look for a new market, so I ended up uh, down in Charlotte, North Carolina, doing some real estate investing. And uh, as things were starting to unfold, I decided that you know I wanted to get back towards the beach and uh, closed up shop in in Charlotte and uh, my set my sights on the Outer Banks mainly because my my family was now relocated to the Virginia area. So I got I would be able to visit them pretty quickly. But I would also have the opportunity to get out to the Outer Banks and, and start to surf again. So uh, that was my my main motivator to get out to the Outer Banks. And lucky, luckily enough, I landed with uh, Seaside Vacations, a fantastic vacation rental company out here on the Outer Banks. They've been around for 20 plus years. They're up to about 400 homes these days. And uh, I was fortunate enough to be their marketing director for about five years and then, uh, as you mentioned, Heather, I'm, I've now been with Point Central as the marketing and sales director. Different field, different industry, still focused on on the uh, vacation rental industry, but now on the vendor side doing smart home control. That's great, Adam. We're going to come back to Point Central a, a little bit later on. But uh, can you tell me a little bit a bit more about the Outer Banks? Because it fascinates me. I you know I look at it on a map. I've never been there. So I look at it on a map and it just seems like this this tiny little little spit of land. I understand that there are around 20 vacation rental agencies and, and you're, you're saying that, that Seaside Vacations has 400. How many homes are there down there? <laughs> that, that is a great question. I've tried to uh, determine that from a number of different sources and never gotten a, a concrete answer. I've heard everything from about 15,000 vacation rental homes to 20,000 vacation rental homes. Uh, 20, the numbers vary uh, both with the, the number of vacation homes and the number of companies. Uh, so I would say that 20 vacation rental managers is probably a pretty good guess that can probably vary from 15 to 30, depending on acquisitions and consolidations, but 20 is probably pretty consistent. Um, and 400 for Seaside is, uh, about middle of the pack. There's a couple that are, are a little bit larger. Um, but the majority of, of the big players out here are about four or 500. Wow. Hugely competitive then. Yes, without a doubt, and very well established. These companies have been around for 20, 30, 35 years, so they know the vacation rental industry quite well and have been doing it for a long time. So they are definitely uh, leaders in the industry from the perspective of uh, developing standards, developing procedures. So it's nice to have been immersed in an area that has uh, been such a thought leader for the industry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's sort of brings brings to mind a topic that uh, that I I'd love to cover perhaps at a, <laughs> on another episode and that's owner acquisition because it it makes me you know I I know from from my position of being the CEO of a uh a rental management company myself that owner acquisition is is a is a major part you know you can't have one without the other it it just made me think you know with with 
that many companies who are that established, how they go about acquiring new owners. So, so maybe that's something we, we will need to come back and, uh, and yeah, talk Yeah, I mean, about. I'll touch on it just real quickly because I, I completely agree with you. Obviously, from a marketing perspective, when you're uh, marketing for a vacation rental company, you've got, you're wearing two hats. You want to bring guests to the homes, but you also need to continue to acquire those new homes into your program. And I completely agree with you, Heather. You know, after doing it for five years, I don't have a magic bullet for acquiring new homeowners. I think I've got a lot of ideas to market the homes, get guests into the homes, but acquiring those new homeowners is really a challenge. It's a, it's a big base. It's very competitive and there's really no great way to reach those homeowners. Uh, personally, I think that the, the best method is to have a really social property manager who goes out and acquires those homeowners. They're active in the, in the local um, clubs and associations. They get out and meet people and you know, generally, I think it's it's word of mouth works better than any postcard campaign or, or anything like that. Yeah, it's a really interesting topic. And in fact, um, we're, we're going to be moving on now to talking about um, uh, your your tips for to help people boost their their marketing campaigns and their marketing strategy to attract rental guests. But as I'm thinking about this, that a, a lot of these uh, would be helping in the owner acquisition area as well, because if if a rental guest is looking at a website, they're seeing this one and the same as an as a potential owner who's who's looking there. Without a doubt. Now, uh, what the only difference I would say is that the owners might be a slightly different demographics. Now, that's changing as everyone gets online and, and gets more accustomed to online marketing. Um, you know, in the past few years, the owners might not have been the people that were on the websites. I think that's changing. But with that said, I, I completely agree that the marketing that you're doing. Uh, for guests definitely has a, a large overlap into the homeowner marketing. And at the end of the day, a lot of this is SEO based. So when you improve your SEO and, and you're able to be at the top of the search engines, then both guests and homeowners are going to be able to find you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you're going to share with us 12 tips to help owners and um, management companies to boost their marketing reach, to um, to help their marketing strategy. And we're starting out with number one, which is one of one of the ones that, that really fascinates me, and that's Instagram, because I've just been, I, I've been trying to teach myself how to use Instagram, because that's one of my projects for our upcoming season, is to use Instagram far more. So let me have your take on that with your, your number one tip. Perfect. Yeah. So I would say that, you know, these 12 tips are, are definitely not exclusive uh, in the sense that these are the only 12 that will work and in the sense that um, these would work for vacation rental managers and not homeowners. The, the really nice part about online marketing, and I'll, I'll touch on online marketing in a, in a second, but the really nice part about online marketing is that it levels the playing field. You know, a, a homeowner with one home that is renting out their vacation rental home can compete with the largest vacation rental managers out there leveraging the same tools uh, through online marketing. So from my perspective, when I joined Seaside, I made a, a major shift from their marketing campaigns. They were heavily print. Uh, they were still printing out, you know, 60, 100 page brochure, really costly. So I made the switch. And again, this was back in 2007, 2008 towards uh, a very heavily on the online marketing side. Uh, I believed that it was the most cost effective, but also the most uh, efficient and effective way to draw people to the website, which I was clearly seeing was was the direction that everyone was headed. So I tried to hone my skills over the five years or so and, and continue to do that with Point Central through online marketing. And when I say that, uh, 
primarily I, I start with the blog as my uh, main source of online marketing. That's sort of the hub that everything else is built off of. The blog can feed content for the websites. It can feed content to your social media. Social media can feed content to your blogs. And at the end of the day, the blog content, because it's it's new continuously, is giving Google what they're looking for in new content and demonstrating that you're a thought leader. So with that said, a lot of what I'm going to talk about today hinges on the blog. So I'd, I'll take it sort of as a general premise that uh, everyone should be out there uh, getting a blog and, and sharing your local knowledge on a blog. But to jump into Heather's question here on Instagram, I don't have any uh, stats off the top of my head. But what I can say is that if you do a quick search online these days about successful social networks, you'll find that uh, Facebook is not growing nearly as much as it was in the past, potentially even declining. However, at the same time, one of their offshoots, Instagram, is doing very, very well. And it is designed so that it's very easy to use. You can take great pictures, you can share great pictures, and it's very interactive. So Instagram was, was one of my bases. Every day I would be out there taking a picture uh, with Instagram. So as a, a quick uh, kind of overview of what my morning would look like when I was heading towards the office. Now, granted, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to, to live where I can stop at the beach on the way to the office, but that's the nice piece of uh, any of us when we are marketing for vacation rentals is that we tend to be in vacation spots. So we, we are probably in a really nice location that's uh, very picturesque. So every morning on my way to work, I would stop at the beach and I would do one of two things, maybe both. I would take an Instagram picture of the beach uh, and I would also shoot a quick video of the beach. Uh, and my video might just be uh, a just quick panoramic of the video uh, of the beach, or it would be a beach report. And that might consist of uh, weather, surfing, fishing, whatever might be hot that particular day. That might last, you know, two minutes and then a quick Instagram picture. So the Instagram was really easy and effective. It would give me a picture of the beach. It would allow me to, to edit it, allow me to share it for all my social networks. And then if I wanted to, I could go back in the office if there was something to write about and write a quick blog post about it. So before I would even walk into the office, I would already have uh, social media up and running, sharing across all my different platforms, whether it's Instagram, YouTube, blog posts. Uh, and that would all happen before I was even entering the office. That that's that sounds really simple. And in fact, I I saw one recently. I saw um it, it came in on, on my stream, and it was a picture somebody had taken in a traffic you know in traffic on, on in Toronto, and it was just this long long lineup of traffic, and the the text with it just said, "Isn't it time to get to the cottage?" <laughs> that's great. <laughs> so so when you say you know if you if if you don't live live right where 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 the property is, then there are opportunities to. <laughs> Yes, you know that's a great point. That is a very good point. For you know, I've got to I've got to think about my mindset when I when I think about these tips. And um, yes, very good point. Not everybody's going to be local, but at the same time, you probably have some information. Even if you're not at the at the home mm -hmm. uh, today, you have something that you can share. And a, a line of traffic is is something to remind people to get on vacation. Yeah, absolutely. Well. In, in Instagram, something that I'm particularly interested in, and I I interviewed um, Sue Zimmerman, who is the uh, known as the Instagram gal in an earlier episode. And I'm going to put a link to that on the uh, on the show notes because uh, Sue has amazing tips on, on how to use Instagram. So if you're interested in that, just head to those show notes. What's next? So the next tip that I've got is uh, is local flavor. You know, one of the, the really nice 
bits about being in a vacation uh, destination or owning a home in a vacation destination is that you know the area better than anyone else that's going to be vacationing there. The vacationers come for you know a few days at a time, a week at a time, maybe a month at a time, but they're not there long enough to fully understand the area. So one of the best ways to improve your online marketing is to think as a thought leader. You want to demonstrate through all of your marketing that you're the thought leader for your particular area. And one of the really easy ways to do that is to share your local knowledge. So this can be of, of any type of local knowledge, but one thing that I, I suggest is that you find out what the events are in your area and you cover those events. Generally, uh, you know, maybe during the summer months, there might be too, too many for you to cover all at, at one time. But throughout the year, there's generally not too many that you can stay on top of. And if you've got someone local, it's perfect. It gives you the opportunity to go out and shoot a video, take a picture. But even if you're not local, you have the ability to do a little research or based on your local knowledge, go out there and, and write a piece or share some pictures of the past event and let people know tips and tricks for that particular event or what's taking place in your in your area. So I think local knowledge really should be the top of top of mind when you're thinking about online uh, marketing. You want to share what you know with people who don't know it. In essence, what you want to do is create value by becoming the thought leader. Share content that's going to be valuable for the people that will be coming to your area. And that gives uh, that gives people an opportunity to create local partnerships as well, sort of um, to, to go and talk to you know, the new restaurant that's just opened or or the organizer. And I, and I was thinking, you know, when we were talking about me starting my new podcast, Cottage Insider, um, for our area, we have a um, in uh, February, there's uh, dog sled racing in our local community. And so I thought that, uh, that that would be great to go and, and talk to the organizer of the dog sled event prior to it happening, to, uh, to write a post about that and talk about that in the podcast. So that's the sort of thing you're thinking of. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, that's, that's one of the nice pieces about sharing uh, your local knowledge and uh, talking about local events or, or local businesses is that, one, you're becoming the thought leader and you're helping people uh, find some new activities that they might not have known of. But at the same time, you're promoting a local business. So it's a two-way street. As a result, you're going to get the local business to start to talk about you and, and share some of your information as well. And, and this is a, uh, you know, maybe a topic for another time, but uh, when I was with Seaside, we did just that. In fact, we created uh, what we coined it as was Club Seaside, and we chose a handful of local partners, and we would then offer a free event to a select number of guests. They'd have to sign up in advance to be included in it. So it gave us the ability to partner locally, promote a local business, and offer a free event to our guests that were coming down. So it was a really nice partnership. Yeah, it turns out to be a sort of win-win-win situation. Win for for you, the owner or the agency. A win for the um, uh, for for your um, partnership, um, the the local provider, um, and everybody gets something out of it. Without a doubt, it gave us great marketing material. It gave the guests a free event, uh, helped them understand uh, who the local businesses were, and got the local businesses in front of a lot of of uh, visitors that would be coming down to the area. Yeah, great idea. Um, I, I see num number three on, on your list here is Google Alerts, and, and that, that really captured my attention because uh, I have Google Alerts set up, um, but just for holiday rentals, vacation rentals, and I think that's about it. So I'm probably a little bit lacking or, or short on, on those Google Alerts. Can you explain how Google Alerts work? Yeah, without a doubt. I, you know, two sources of information for me are blogs, 
and Google Alerts. Podcasts are, are quickly becoming a, a close third. I think podcasts are sort of uh, the new blogging platform. Um, but today, I, I review uh, RSS feeds, and I use uh, Feedly as my RSS feed. Um, so all, all the blogs that I follow automatically go into Feedly. I review those on a, on a daily basis. And then I also review my Google Alerts on a daily basis. And Google Alerts, I, you know, to your point, Heather, you could be really refined and just do you know, vacation rentals or holiday rentals. But one of the low-hanging fruits that I, I think are out there with the Google Alerts is just your area. Uh, I think you also want to do your company. Obviously, you'd like to know if anyone else was talking about you. But uh, the one from a marketing perspective, I think, is just doing your particular area in Google Alerts. See what comes up. And you'll be amazed to find what, what might come up. One, you're going to learn about new events and new businesses and some local activity. Again, you can share that and become the thought leader. But one of the really nice things that you'll start to find is other people posting information, whether it's a video or pictures. You know, During the summer, Outer Banks is extremely busy. I would come in, check my Google Alerts, and I would start to see all the vacationers down here sharing their videos and their pictures from their vacation. So I would then leverage that. And they might not be my guests today, but I would leverage that. I would comment on the video. I would comment on the picture. I would share it. I would demonstrate to uh, anyone who's following how much fun people are having in the area. But then hopefully I'm also creating a relationship with that guest uh, who will hopefully return next year and, and become my guest. So, so you'd be sharing as Seaside Vacations so if, um, or, 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 or more personally. Are they, are they seeing, if they see your comment, do they know where you come from? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, uh, when I was with Seaside Vacations, I would share as Seaside Vacations. Yeah, I would always, I would always keep the um, company as my voice. Now, granted, I'm the one who's the voice behind. You know, it's the man behind the curtain. But uh, I'm always trying to brand Seaside Vacations or or whoever it is that I'm working with. Uh, ultimately, uh, the SEO value and the branding from a company perspective is what I'm going for through that thought leadership. Yeah, excellent. I'm. Going to go back to my Google Alerts now, and also I I forget about um, Feedly. I I I used to use the old Google Reader, which was wonderful. Um, it was. It was great. <laughs> I was disappointed when that left. Yeah, absolutely. But Feedly has really taken over as as a as as a, a super alternative. And you know that's one area where where people get hung up quite a bit with online marketing and with blogs in general. Uh, a lot of people who haven't done it in the past think, oh, well, you know, what am I going to write about? Where am I going to find the content? And the reality is once you change your mindset, there is so much content and ideas that can be written about or videoed or, or taken pictures of. I mean, there's so much content out there. I've got lists, but the main source of information for me on a daily basis is going to be those blog posts as well as the Google alerts. Excellent. Um, you just mentioned lists. And, you know, we're doing a list here on the podcast. We're doing these 12 tips. I find that on my blog, uh, on cottageblogger.com, the most commented on and read posts are the list posts. I would, uh, I would concur with your, your fourth tip here that, uh, that everyone loves a list. Can you just go on and make some suggestions that people could use for, for their blog posting for using a list? Completely agree. I think that lists are easy to consume. They're easy to read. They're easy to write. They're nice and short. Uh, so you know that's that's why they're very popular. You know, I think um, I think it's BuzzFeed uh, has one of like the largest followings online, and they are continuously putting out lists. People love them. Uh, they're easy to read. They're easy to consume. So I think that um, when you're stuck or when you give yourself a schedule and you want to make sure that you hit it. 
lists are an easy way to fill in some gaps in your blog and in your online marketing. Now, they're easy for you to make sure that you get them out and you stay on schedule, but they're also great from a consumer perspective. They give people what they're looking for. They're very uh, utilitarian. You're telling your followers just quick hits about what they might need. Now, this could be anything. It could be top 10 places to eat. It could be secrets that only locals know. It could be the best spots to catch a, a sunset or a sunrise. Anything that you can think of can be listed, and you just want to make it quick and easy. Lots of times you want to throw a number on it in front of the headline. Numbers seem to catch people's attention, and it shouldn't always be 10. You know, It should be 13 or 12 or 11, something out of the norm that will catch people's attention and uh, drive them to click on that link. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't seem to matter. I know when I'm when I'm looking at blogs, you know, whether it's it's three keys to success or five secrets of or ten or as you say, fifteen, twenty. Um, some of the quite amazing blog posts, the the hundred and one tips, but <laughs> that is well, go, that is know, going some. But I've done those in the past too. But I think you want to keep it short and sweet. You know, three is great, five is great, ten is great. I think that the challenge with with the hundred is one keeping people's attention for a hundred, but two from a content perspective, why not break that up into ten separate posts? Yeah, absolutely, wonderful. So, um, what what's your tip number five? So, tip number five is newsjacking, and and this might not be something that everyone has heard before, but everyone's familiar with it. Newsjacking basically means that when something happens, you go out there and you start talking about it. Uh, sometimes, you know, it's it's the uh, Oreo ad in the Super Bowl that all of a sudden uh, someone on on Twitter makes a great comment. It becomes the most popular Twitter for the, for that night. So I, it doesn't matter what it is. Really, all it is, is is staying attuned to current events and making sure that you're talking about it. You may never know when you're going to be the one who has the hit on Twitter. But you want to be consistently out there as someone for your particular area that is following the news, being the thought leader, and sharing that information. And that could be anything. It could be uh, 4th of July fireworks. It could be how to make the most of the summer concert that's in your area. The one that always sticks in my head is, uh, is um, storms. On the Outer Banks, we get hurricanes from time to time, and people are always interested for multiple reasons. One, because it's it's really intriguing to, to watch a hurricane and see what its path and see how it impacts the, the area, but we also live in a, a vacation destination where there's a lot of people interested. One, how's everybody holding up? But two, is my vacation going to be interrupted? Can I still get to the house that I need to get to? So uh, I forget what year it was, maybe 2010 or so. Uh, we had a hurricane that was coming towards the Outer Banks, and I was the only one that was given real-time updates through video, through pictures, through blog posts. And in one day, I had 15,000 views on my blog, by far the, the biggest record that I've had uh, in one day. And it was all a result of just reporting on the hurricane that was coming towards us. That's, a, I guess, where things like Instagram and, and Twitter can't really come into their own because you know, just taking an Instagram photo of a, of a tree across a road or, or, or like we had um, up here in uh, Christmas last year was the ice storm. It was pretty devastating, but there were some amazing images to be got from that. I Without that. a doubt. And and you can report both sides of it. You know, you can be realistic and show people what the damage is. But there's also a lot of useful uh, information that comes out of that real-time nature of social media. And most people in the past, we, we have depended on the media, you know, major TV stations or the Weather Channel. But the reality is the people on the ground who are shooting pictures and shooting quick videos, they have a much better feel than those big channels 
they get the real-time information they're sharing and talking to their neighbors. So there's a lot of utility in doing things real-time as they're happening, and there's a lot of people who want to see that type of material. Yeah, absolutely. And that really takes takes me on to your next uh, next point, which is, again, dear to my heart, because uh, it, it is get a GoPro camera and use it. Uh, I have a GoPro. I haven't actually used it yet. I need to get going on it. And and that would be the I mean, those GoPros are so tiny. It's it's easy just to have a little tripod in your pocket and, and you're ready to go. Tell us about um, what you could do with a GoPro. Yeah, sure. So uh, unfortunately, when I was with Seaside, GoPros weren't popular. Uh, so I did not have the luxury of using one. I, I think they are fantastic and a great opportunity. I mentioned I would I would go to the beach on my way to work and I'd, I'd shoot a quick video. Well, if I had a Go, GoPro at the time, I without a doubt would have been getting in the water, you know, catching a wave, going for a swim, doing my beach report from the water, uh, you know, putting it on my dog and letting it run down the beach. I think the GoPros are an awesome opportunity to share a first-person perspective of your area, and it's not the same old videos that are out there. You know. It was nice to do the videos uh, with the beach report and and have uh, me pan the beach while I was doing it. But man, what a what a great way to look at the beach if I could have done that from the water. So I think the GoPros are a really uh, easy way to to get some great first person perspective of the area. And as you mentioned, Heather, they're they're small, they're easy to use. You can put one in your bag and you can have it with you at all times. When you see an opportunity, pull it out and create a video. Yeah, we often because we we are so water-based with our with our properties they're all lakefront that uh, that often when we go out to see see a cottage um i will go out on a kayak or a canoe so i can get the shots going back in of the of the property and that's usually stills but with a gopro it would be super easy just to attach the gopro to the front of the kayak without yeah. a doubt and, and not only have um views of, of the home that you're looking at but also share a quick minute video of of what's going on in the lake at that point yeah, absolutely. So that takes me on to seven, which is which is a report. Do a report. So tell me about this. You, you sort of mentioned beach report, mountain report, fishing report, surf report. Yeah, so I've, I've mentioned this uh, already. So I've, I've sort of blown my number seven, but this <laughs> I would do on, on a daily basis. I would go out and I would make sure that I was sharing up-to-date information about the area every morning. And I wanted to start in the morning because, A, I wanted to give myself time to share it across all the social media but I also wanted to be the first one out there doing it. You know, I didn't want to give anyone else the opportunity to get out there and share a report of any kind prior to me doing it. So this would be my first stop every day. And for me, living on the Outer Banks, it was a beach report talking about what the weather was for that day. But more than that, it was going to be a surf report to tell everybody what the what the surf was going to be like for the day and a fishing report. Uh, both fishing and surf are really popular in the Outer Banks. They change on a daily basis. So there's always something for me to talk about. So I would do picture as well as video every day. And I think that every area has something like this. And maybe it's just weather, who knows, and, and maybe you don't want to do it every day, maybe you do it twice a week. You know, you figure that piece out based on what your market is. But everywhere needs some sort of real-time reporting, mm -hmm. uh, whether that's weather or fishing or surfing or skiing or mountain, whatever it might be, there's, some, there's a reason for you to get in front of a camera and talk to your followers on a daily basis. Yeah, and I think people forget this. When I was talking to Amy Bloomquist in uh, in last week's uh, episode, she she said when she first started, because the Loma Mar area of California is um, is less well known, that she didn't think there was anything going to be interesting to be able to share. But once she really started to think about it, it um, it all came to her, and it was something simple. She posted a video on her Google Plus page, and it, she just titled it "Rock Music." Uh, cottage rock music 
And it was a very short video of a little waterfall and water going over a rock. <laughs> and, and that, you know, that, that was her tranquil report. That's perfect. I love it. But and, and that goes back to what I was saying before is most people prior to starting uh, blogging or, or videos and or anything of that nature feel like, oh, well, where am I going to find the content? But the reality is there's content all over the place and you just got to open your eyes to it and put on your creative hat and you'll find reasons to get out there and start to take pictures or shoot videos or, or write a quick blog post. It doesn't have to be long. It's all about consistency and getting your message out there, making sure that people see that you're the thought leader for the area. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned a bit earlier on about, uh, you know, in the summer in Outer Banks, there are so many people and they're out there posting their stuff online. And these guests doing this are an endless source of uh, of content. So that brings me to, to, an, to the next point, really. How do you use that um, to, your, uh, to, to your benefit, to the benefit of the company, the benefit of the owner? You know, as I mentioned before that you just hit on, make sure you're have your Google alerts set up and make sure that you're sharing anybody who's, who's has content or uh, videos, pictures of your area. Why not spread the word? The, the more content that's out there, the better for your area. All it's going to do is uh, push everybody else. Rising tide rises, uh, raises all boats. However, with uh, in particular to crowdsourcing for your guests. So the Google alerts can, you can come across anybody, right? It's anybody who's out there sharing information. But your guests, whether you are managing one home or 400, your guests are a great source of content. Now, you want to help them create the right type of content. So uh, what you want to do is, is create contests. And this could be photo contests, video contests, scavenger hunts. You want to get them in the mindset of creating content for you and you want to give them the tools to do it. One of my favorite contests when I was with Seaside was a T-shirt design contest. Uh, and we ran this. They they could still be running it. It, it was such a great way to get uh, guest interaction. The prize, gosh, I, I can't even remember. Maybe it was a. It must have been a stay at one of the homes. I would imagine was the prize. But we've got so much unique art that came to us. Great T-shirt designs. And then at the end, we would do a crowdsourcing vote. So we would uh, elicit uh, designs from from guests throughout the year, throughout the summer, during our busiest time. We would then do voting online. So again, we're creating content just through the voting itself. We do blog posts and vote on Facebook. Uh, the winner was chosen. We would then create a T-shirt for it. We would sell the T-shirt the following year, and we would donate the uh, proceeds from that to a local charity. That's great. be interesting to see if, if that is still going on, but I've, I'm stealing that idea now. <laughs> it was amazing to see the artwork that came back. It was it was one of the best contests that that we ran without a doubt. I think even, you know, owners who are running their own properties could can can do that. They can do uh a contest and I know of an owner in um in Australia in fact in Melbourne who has a dog friend pet friendly property and he gives his uh, his guests the challenge of of taking the best photograph of their of their pet on vacation and then gives yeah. a prize at the end of the season. Without a doubt, I think that these can be scaled from one house to, you know, hundreds of homes and even a scavenger hunt. You know, you could do a get your your guests to take a picture of of items in your home. You know, there's a lot of varieties. You just got to be a little creative. Um, I, I think that the photo contests have been done for a long time and might be worn out a little bit unless you're going to find a creative way to do it. And maybe the scavenger hunt or the pet friendly is a great twist on that. 
<clears throat> I do particularly like the T-shirt, and I can I can even say that you know that would probably be applicable to to one home at a time. How great would it be to have a custom designed T-shirt for your home? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, talking about um, about guests, let, let's talk about talking to guests, talking about them arriving, departing. So. You you mentioned actually about a f- using a flip camera. I used to have a flip camera. Have they have they, <laughs> have they gone now? I guess I think they've gone. I think GoPro has replaced them. Uh, yeah, so flips were, were popular when when I was uh, at Seaside, and uh, I, I think this is where you can leverage GoPro again. So GoPros are great. You have one with you. You're out there taking videos whenever you see the opportunity. But the GoPro can also be a really good opportunity at check in and check out. You've got guests coming and going uh, from your home or from your office. It's an opportunity for you to interact with that guest. So one, there's a relationship that can be uh, built or, or strengthened just through the conversations that you have. But two, start to video it. Have fun. You know, ask them some some questions. Maybe they're fun questions. Maybe they're serious questions. And you're, and you're getting an instant testimonial that you can share on the website. But the GoPros are so easy. Why not just have one sitting on the desk waiting to, to videotape some of the activity? Or maybe to that point, maybe it's an activity for the day. You know, you're showing people how busy the office is and, and sharing what's going on on a, on a busy check-in day. But to go to the, the flip cam piece of it that you mentioned, Heather. So we had a, a flip cam, and I think that this can correlate very well with GoPro just as easily. But the way that we use it is we created a video contest, very similar to, you know, the T-shirt design. We asked people to uh, borrow the flip cam from us, go out and create some videos throughout the week. And then bring them back to us and submit us. Again, the, the prize was probably a stay at one of the homes. But I then edited the videos down. We put it out on, on social media, again, creating more content through the contests. Had people vote on it and uh, ended up with a, a winner based on, on the crowd selection on Facebook. Excellent. People like to, they, they just like to be involved, I think, and to feel that particularly they've had a fantastic time. They want to, to be involved and feel they're contributing something back. Yeah, no question. And it gives them an opportunity. Now, you know, phones have cameras these days, you know, flip cams back then. Uh, it was an opportunity for people to have a video camera in their pocket. Maybe that doesn't apply quite as much, but I, I think that the GoPro is is just as good. I mean, it gives people, one, it's not going to break. I'm pretty sure that all of our flip cameras came back broken. Uh, the GoPros are more likely to be a little bit more resilient, but it gives people a chance to get in the water or do some things that they might not do with their phone. Yeah, absolutely. So we're moving on to number 10 now. And and this sort of goes back to um, earlier in this list when you were talking about local flavor. But this is about uh, ins- insider knowledge and sharing secrets. And that that's something that I've found with, with our guests when, when I've posted something that's something like, you know, three things that only the locals will know. It has amazing traffic coming to that that post and people just lap that stuff up because they want to go somewhere and not be not be hitting the the well-beaten track that every other tourist is on they want to find something that the uh, that, that the locals know and are not usually sharing yeah w- without a doubt I, you know the the local flavor that i mentioned before is great you're sharing some information about the area you're telling people about events or about local businesses but the insider knowledge is a, is a slightly different twist on that. And, and just as you mentioned, Heather, it's the guests that come down, they want to feel like they're a local. They want to hang out at the place that the locals hang out. They want to know where that secret spot is to find the sunset that only the locals know. So this insider knowledge piece, yeah, it sort of is part of that local flavor. But to be a little bit more specific, 
it's sharing all of the tips and tricks for the area that people wouldn't be able to figure out just by being down there for a week. And we have so much sources of information when you think about it, uh, whether you are managing one home or hundreds of homes, you've got neighbors, you've got friends, you've got a staff. You want to leverage their knowledge as well. Ask other people for input. It doesn't just have to be your tips and tricks. It can be anybody. But you want to share some specific information that the guests won't be able to find other places. Yes, in, indeed. And that, that's things like the beaches, that, you know, the, the hidden beach, the hidden access that is not in the guidebooks, the, the place to walk your dog where you can let the dog off the leash, or th- th- those little things that may not seem important, but in fact, the guests are just, when they get there and experience them, maybe are going to be the highlight of their trip. Without a doubt, it could be activities, it could be secrets, you know, spots, that type of thing. It can also just be some information on the area, uh, odd culture, local legends. Um, you know, one that was really popular for us was um, some video series on, on the local towns. People had a hard time determining where to stay on the Outer Banks. And uh, if you haven't been here before, you really don't know what's the difference from one town to the next. So one thing we did was just go out and and film the local towns and and show people what the differences were. Yeah, some great ideas here, uh, Adam. So what's uh, what's next? We're getting to the, um, the, the, the last couple of tips in this list. This one just says frequently asked questions. Um, yeah, so I've, I've got, I can wrap these last two up pretty quickly. So I think that uh, just like lists are easy to consume, easy to write, people love them. They can get through them very quickly and have a much better understanding of the area. FAQs are a really strong source of information. We get asked questions all the time about our area. What we want to do is take those questions and answers and put them into a form that people can access at any time. So create lists, take pictures, shoot videos based on your FAQs. And don't just stick to your FAQs, broaden that list and add more FAQs. Answer questions that you know people are going to have when they come down and write content that you can then share. So you get a question, you'll answer it with them, but then you can follow up with a link that lists all of these type of question and answers. And then to to wrap it up, Heather, uh, the last one I have is built off of all of these, really. It's consistency and fun. Uh, Consistency is really the hallmark of the success in online marketing. You've got to get out there and you've got to do it every day. I mentioned the, the beach reports that I would do on a regular basis. And the reason that I bring those up so much is because I did those every day. I would not miss a day. I would make sure I was the first one out there and I was beating everyone out there and that I was getting across all the social platforms before anyone else could. I was having fun with it, but more than that, I was making sure that I was consistent. You don't have to have brilliant content. You don't have to have long content. You just need to be consistent with it. You need to make sure that it's usable and you need to make sure that you're having fun with it. Yeah, it must be tough having to go to the beach every day. (laughs) <laughs> it was. <laughs> I do miss that piece. I don't get to the beach every day anymore. <laughs> Adam, that's a fantastic list. There is so much content there. And I just want to um, t- to mention that this list originally appeared on the um, VRMA blog. And I'm going to put a link to that as well. So you can go back and uh, and take a look at the uh, at the original blog post that um, that gave me the inspiration to ask Adam these questions. So, uh, Adam, tell me a little bit about Point Central now, what you're doing in your job as sales and marketing director for them. Yeah, perfect. And I also want to mention, uh, thanks for bringing up the Verma blog. Uh, For anyone out there that is interested in vacation rentals, I think uh, Verma, V-R-M-A.com, is a great resource. Uh, Both Heather and I are on the communications committee for the Verma blog. So we help to drive some of the content that is on the Verma blog as well. 
Uh, we're, we're living and dying by this stuff every day. So <laughs> definitely check out the Verma blog. Um, but thanks for asking about Point Central, Heather. I appreciate it. Uh, as I mentioned, I made a transition from the uh, marketing director at Seaside Vacations, solely focused on vacation rentals day in and day out to the vendor side. And I'm now the director of marketing and sales for Point Central. And Point Central focuses on smart home control. It's uh, becoming mainstream these days. You're hearing a lot about it on TV commercials with Nest and with Apple. One of the biggest differences with Point Central and any other company out there is that we are based on uh, a cellular networks, not Wi-Fi networks. So any of the other companies that you're seeing out there are trying to leverage Wi-Fi in the homes, which as vacation rental managers, we recognize what a uh, challenge it is to keep those Wi-Fi networks up. So you definitely don't want to have mission critical applications like keyless access or energy management tied to your Wi-Fi. It'll, it'll be a big burden to try to make sure that's up 24-7, 365 days a year. But uh, the reason I was so excited to make the switch from uh, vacation rental-focused marketing over to the smart home arena is because I see the huge potential that smart home control offers for vacation rental management. There are uh, some security gaps in vacation rentals these days. Uh, I think that uh, anyone who's been in the industry recognizes this. Hard keys are uh, impossible to manage. There could be thousands of them out there. You don't know who has them. So the keyless access, real-time control of uh, access is a must, especially as the industry starts to grow up and, and matures. We really need to get a handle on the security component. But beyond that, the energy management offers such a big benefit to the homeowners. Just by controlling HVAC, we're seeing 10% plus per month in energy savings. So it quickly pays for itself. Uh, and the way that our system is set up is that we actually drive the energy management based on occupancy. So we'll know when your guests are coming and going, and we're going to automate it so that your HVAC is going to adjust based on the occupancy. So in essence, it's it's a set and forget, uh, and you're going to make sure that you're driving the energy savings that you're looking for. That is so brilliant. I've seen these coming on the market, and um uh, so interested in them. And just to give you an example, I had people at my property over the weekend and uh, the temperature went down. I mean, it's minus 13 C. So I, I'm never quite sure what that is in um, in in your money down in the yeah, US. I can't do that conversion <laughs> either. <laughs> but it, it was darn cold. It's chilly. It was darn cold. And the, the guests left uh, on Sunday afternoon at four o'clock when we went in there on Monday to do the changeover, the, the, the heating was, was high. You walked into a little furnace in the, uh, in the little house. Um, yep. so, so do, you know, type, multiply that by every weekend throughout the winter and, you know, other midweek breaks, and that's adding a huge amount to the fuel bill. So the ability to drop the heating without having to physically go in there and turn a thermostat down is amazing. Yeah, it, it's very neat. Uh, we, we've grown quite a bit. We've been in the market for about two years. Uh, we're up to uh, about 40 plus vacation rental uh, managers uh, approaching 4,000 systems live day in and day out. Uh, just as a quick background, uh, our parent company is Alarm.com. They've been in business since uh, 2000, so have been around for about 14 years. They've got 2 million plus subscribers across the country. The reason that we can offer cellular uh, when no one else can is because of Alarm.com's uh, patent portfolio around their cellular radio technology. So we're leveraging uh, a really established a well-capitalized company that has been doing this smart home automation for a long time. So it's great. It's it's really 
Uh, nice to see the change in the industry and the industry waking up to it. The discussions I had two years ago are completely different than the discussions I'm having today with vacation rental managers who are who are realizing the benefits very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Adam, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. You've brought us so much valuable content and your passion for this industry is, uh, it just shines through every word that you're speaking. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you inviting me and I'd love to come back. We we shall set another date. And of course, um, as you mentioned, thank you for mentioning that, uh, you know, the Communications Committee of Verma, um, I'm a very new member and uh, and I'm looking forward to working with you on that and, and perhaps doing a bit of um, podcast promotion. I think that's fantastic. Looking forward <laughs> to it. Back, we'll have a call on Thursday. Okay, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. Thanks, Heather. Have a great day. Well, thanks so much, Adam. That was a great interview. I I learned a huge amount from it. I'm already a huge Instagram fan. I've just got to get out and start using it. I keep thinking that, you know, it's a very very now type of platform, which means, you know, if I've not got anything to go out and photograph today, then I've got nothing to post. But that actually isn't the case. You can post just about anything, previous photographs you've taken, quotes, signs. I know one of one of my favorite signs is is up in our Muskoka region, which is a very, very popular vacation region. And there's a sign that you often see on the road and it's, you know, the big yellow sign and it says break for snakes. But, um, you know, I, I just love that sign. I love some of our other signs. You know, turtle crossing is one that you see an awful lot. We see uh, see moose signs, uh, beware, be, watch out for moose, watch out for bears. And there's a big bear sign. So th- those things. And I thought, wow, yes, I've got so many of those that uh, that they would be great to, to just post on Instagram uh, with a little caption. So so that's what I'm going to be doing over the next couple of weeks. You know, while we have a bit of downtime over this, uh, you know, over the December period before before we really get caught up into a new season. Um, the other thing I'm really going to do is is get to grips with my GoPro. I love it. It's just so tiny. I can take it anywhere. I can stick it on the front of my bicycle when I'm going out for a ride. Um, I thought about attaching it to the dog because um, she sees far more interesting things than I do when she goes chasing off after squirrels and um, and the occasional porcupine. So maybe I could try that as well. That's um, She may not be as impressed as I'm going to be with the results but uh, but we'll give it a whirl so so if you see me posting images of a um, of a pissed off looking black lab with a gopro attached to its head then um, <laughs> you know i've actually done it but we shall see you know if if i can if i can make the income out of gopro dog as grumpy cat is achieving then you know something there's, there's something in that so as I uh, sign off today, as I always do, and it, you know, I, I, I've got to give a shout out here to um, Julia Branch Hill from Paradise Found, Florida. And you can, uh, you can find my interview with Julia on a previous episode. Um, I've just spent the weekend in Orlando at a podcast, at the Podcast Florida conference, and Julia came along she she gave me some great feedback on on this podcast. She also gave me some feedback on my website, and you're going to see some improvements uh, going on 
over there as well. But Julia is a, I mean, she's, she's a dynamo with her property and doing all this marketing stuff that Adam was talking about. Julia's doing it. It was, it was great to meet up with her. And I really am looking forward to meeting a few more owners in the new year. And especially if we do get to doing this, um, this conference, I am so hoping to meet a ton of people face to face that I, that I've only ever met online, um, you know, in comments. I really want to meet you all. And I guess because I've just been to, I've just spent two days amongst some fantastic podcasters that I've only met previously online and just had the, the huge benefit of, of seeing them face to face and also hearing a number of fabulous presentations. You know, I think it's something that we, we really, really should be doing. So I'd, I'd really love to get your thoughts. I'd love to get your thoughts, your suggestions on how we can get together uh, as, a, as a group and learn from each other because um, because that is the best method of learning. You know, you can go online and take courses and do all these things, but the best bit is actually sitting down in a group over lunch, over a drink or coffee, and just sharing experiences and learning from each other. So uh, email me at heather at cottageblogger.com or put a comment at the end of the show notes or however, however you want to contact me. I'd love to hear from you. So uh, uh, as ever, and you'll always hear this, I'd love you to pop over to iTunes. Just click on the uh, rates and reviews box at the bottom of the show notes. That will take you on over to iTunes and leave me a review. I would love to hear from you there as well. So for now, Thank you once again for taking the time to listen to Vacation Rental Success and I look forward to being with you again soon. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.